All righty. It is that time in the show that you all tell me you love. It is the time we dig into the headlines where we find all those little nuggets that are missing, but they do, in fact, matter. And no one does it better than our friends over at Black Locks Reporter, which is where we find Mr. Tom Korsky, who is the managing editor. Hello there, Tom. Hi, Alex. I thought maybe, maybe you would be flying over to dig up some of the stories coming out of uh, uh, Rome's climate summit. But, of course, I think you're about the only one who has not flown their private jet to uh, attend. I worry about the emissions, Alex. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just happy to be part of the team. Uh, The Prime Minister today did announce that there would be uh, an export export ban on thermal coal, which is about 4% of Canada's production. It's interesting. He didn't mention the investments in uh, Chinese coal mines by the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. They always leave that part out. Interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. always a fine print. It's always fine print in these announcements. It's like, you know, he, he declares that we're going to be net zero by 2050. Never do they ever say anything about China or India or anybody else. It's just, here's what we're going to do, Canada. We're going to go broke paying for all the real offenders out there, but uh, just keep paying because uh, it won't solve anything. And then you read about that. Yeah, they always leave the part out about the Chinese coal investments. Uh, you know, uh, the former CEO of the CPP Investment Board actually testified in Commons Finance Committee. It was one of my indelible moments on Parliament Hill. I just <laughs> He gave a speech on climate change that would have made Jesus weep. It was just that beautiful and never mentioned the millions and millions in shares they held in the filthiest, dirtiest coal mines on God's green earth in the People's Republic of China. These are the kind of mines and processing plants. It smells like they're running on burning rubber. Anyway, there's, there's, those two thoughts never collide, Alex. They never, ever collide. I know. It's like Mark Carney, who makes all his big money investments on the dirty, terrible fossil fuels, but he is going to be the green crusader who saves us all. It's just uh, it, it, the mind never never ceases to uh, uh, exist in the uh, in the whole movement. Let's talk about this one, because this one's a, the numbers in this shock me. But federal employees who got furloughed because of covid took almost ten thousand dollars in salary and benefits extra while off work and this is according to the parliamentary budget office so we're talking one point we're talking about one trillion dollars correct or one point three billion one point three billion sorry one point three billion for employees who didn't where they weren't sick nor were they doing anything they were they they uh, were the ones baking bread they they were not sick and they were not working from home they just got paid furlough. My favorite was the uh, Rideau Hall, the office of the secretary to the governor general, where the average furlough was over a thousand hours. We did a calculation. Alex, it was six months off with pay. If you can leave, literally leave your job for six months, mm. my question is but the obvious, why are you on the payroll in the first place? What kind of job can you leave for half the year at pay that you are not completely replaceable? It was over a thousand paid hours of, of stay-at-home well, time. 
Maybe at the governor general's office, we can give them an excuse. Maybe that was for all the pain and suffering. But you're right, to your point. Um, clearly, a lot of these jobs we don't need, and now would be the time to uh, say, okay, let's let's get rid of this waste. But it'll never happen because this government um, and the provincial liberals never believed in downsizing the public sector. They just keep wanting to bloat it up and keep the trough full. This was a lot of money, though. This was serious cash, mm-hmm. one point three yeah. billion, and and the budget office is absolutely candid where they say, we think that's underreported. That's not a true figure, yeah. and the actual figure, uh, <laughs> brace yourself, will not be lower than one point three billion dollars. Alex, that's a lot of diabetes pumps. That's a lot of mm-hmm. hospital equipment. That's a lot of playground equipment for boys and girls in elementary schools. That that's a lot of money. Yeah, no kidding. It is. Uh, it's uh, shameful is what it is. A um, couple of uh, big headlines uh, I wanted to ask you about. So there was this uh, decision late, late Friday, because, of course, Patty Haidu and Mark Miller were so busy all day trying to, I guess, negotiate some kind of settlement that all of a sudden started to work on. But they come out at the last possible moment to say, we're going to appeal um, the compensation for Indigenous children, but we're not going to appeal it. We're going to put a pause on the appeal because we've decided that we're going to f- somehow come up with a, a negotiated settlement by December, which apparently they haven't been able to do in the last six years and certainly haven't been able to do in, or, or talk about in the last few months, which tells me, Tom, and should tell everybody else, this is a stalling tactic. It is, and it's also it's going to be very expensive. This is the case that uh, is uh, turns on a finding by the Canadian Human Rights Commission and Tribunal of systemic discrimination in child welfare programs for First Nations kids. This goes back to the 1960s. It is billions, Alex. The uh, tribunal and a federal judge in September uh, uh, he upheld it. Payment averaging 40000 for former children, their parents and grandparents, each, 40000 each, billions of dollars after a finding of systemic discrimination. And the feds have been chasing their tails on this. They have tried everything they can while talking about reconciliation to avoid the inevitable guillotine of the staggering costs that are owed and must be paid. And so they they wanted to rag the puck for another 60 days, give themselves until the end of the year, with agreement of the complainants. Uh, This will not be inexpensive, Alex. No, it won't. And that's assuming that they can negotiate a deal. But the only deal they're going to be able to negotiate is one that is high, far, far higher than the initial amount probably uh, awarded by the tribunal. Um, and that is assuming they can get everyone on board. So what's your, your gut tell you about this thing then getting back into an actual? I, I mean, I didn't know you could put a partial appeal on something, which means you can't. But what's your gut telling you on this? Oh, it's not. I think they will. They will sign a blank check. They they really don't have a choice. They want to somehow negotiate an out of court settlement that involves parties who are not defendants or plaintiffs in this particular case. They're looking for one size fits all because otherwise they will be pecked to death on class action lawsuits from here to kingdom come it's already happened and it's billions and billions that's why they 
gave themselves until the end of the year, only 60 mm-hmm. days. But if it was just 40,000 and 15 billion, trust me, they would there was nothing to appeal. But cons- uh, conversely, the, the complainants are not stupid. They have very sharp lawyers who have won every single ruling and tribunal judgment for the last three years. And uh, yeah. it's the, the costs are significant. They, they, they certainly will be. And just quickly, why don't you get your thoughts on this? Because it did not um, it did not escape me on Friday with the Supreme Court, Supreme Court ruling in favor of this Quebec comic, Mike Ward. But it was a very close decision, five to four ruling in favor that, yes, he can tell his distasteful jokes. Now, this is not about whether you like the guy or you think he's funny. If you don't like him, don't go to his shows. What strikes me is how close this decision was to not actually going in favor of free speech. But... We have Bill C-10 or something that's going to come back like that coming at any time. And, you know, this should be a warning that, you know, we are creeping, I think, ever so close to to losing, you know, our free speech in this country. It was really interesting ruling. I agree. It's, uh, it was shocking that they actually found four Supreme Court justices who said that speech that hurts your feelings should be uh, restricted or subject to payment of damages, which was the case uh, in the you know in the litigation at hand. But a win is yeah. a win, and uh, free speech advocates will take it. This was a dreadful blow mm. to the censorship gang, Alex, yeah. because there they have been hunting this dog for a long, long time. I want takedown orders, not for hate speech, already illegal. I want it for words that uh, are said about me or my friends or my political allies that are hurtful, words that hurt my feelings. And the Supreme Court said, drop dead. That's the point of free expression in our country. Even obnoxious speech must be protected That's the whole point of free speech. We don't have to protect speech that everyone agrees with. The point is, it's a fundamental pillar of the way our society functions. It was a terrible day for censorship, and you better believe if the decision went 5-4 the other way, there would be people lighting fireworks in this town. They would be dancing in the streets. Bad, bad day for the censorship crowd. Yeah, well, let's keep it that way. But nonetheless, I think people get too emotional about this and don't realize the bigger consequences at play in what these decisions can uh, can lead to. Nonetheless, we'll see what uh, comes out of it. Always appreciate it, Tom. We'll see you and chat with you on Wednesday. You bet. Thanks, Alex. That is Mr. Tom Korski, who is the managing editor of Black Locks Reporter, a subscription-based rag and mag. And if you uh, miss it, you can also, of course, listen Mondays and Wednesdays at 9, because we always have Tom on. Stay with us, Alex Pearson on Point. This is Global News Radio.